0: Hi, this is Kelly. And this is Jenna. And you're listening to ODFM.
1: Today's episode is One Date from Murder. All right, I'm ready for the date. Are you ready for the date? So you may know this story because a famous actor testified in the trial.
0: Ooh, I think I know.
1: I'm not going to guess because my cousin's wife commented on Facebook about it ah. so uh, last year I see my cousin post a comment on one of her friends Facebook posts about um, an article called the boy next door killer and how now that he'd been convicted and sentenced in California it was time for him to return to Illinois and be tried there and oh. I was like so of course instantly I like, what? What, what, what what's this yeah. you know and she met the case and she's like, oh yeah well she went to high school with the first victim Oh. She was friends with him whoa yeah he's, mm-hmm. okay yeah okay. so <laughs> very interesting I decided to do some digging and actually like tell this story Whee. so this is the story of Michael Gargiulo, which I believe is how it's pronounced because I listened to it in 48 Hours because I wasn't sure, who has been known as the Hollywood Ripper Ooh. and the Boy Next Door Killer and also like the Chiller Ripper well, I didn't get that one. <laughs> Chiller Ripper <laughs> I thought there was odd okay. Okay. Chiller Killer would have been better. <laughs> I, but I wouldn't have been able to say that a bunch of times during this story. <laughs> August 14th 1993 18-year-old Trisha Picaccio, also to to her name, was walking up to the side door of her house in Glenview, Illinois, which is a suburb uh, just north of Chicago. Like us, uh, she had just graduated from high school a few months earlier Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and was preparing to leave for her freshman year. She was going to Purdue. Oh, man. Okay. It was about 1 a.m., and she had been out with a big group of friends from her senior class because they were doing, like, a big, one big, like, hurrah thing before everyone yeah. started leaving for school because it, this was mid-August. Everyone was going to start leaving soon, right? Yeah. Before she made it inside, someone grabbed her left arm, twisted it so hard that it broke. Jesus. grabbed
0: her. Oh, you cut off. Where'd you go? You froze. And left her on your back. Wait, no, you're not.
1: (laughs) You're totally frozen. You're frozen. (laughs) I can't see you. I'm not frozen. You're frozen. Your eyes are still closed. Oh, no. You look like you're like, we're back. All right. So, did you hear all of that part? Did we get through the whole thing? I have no clue what I
0: I heard. It was like she graduated with him. Oh, they were about to have a party, a big graduation party. Oh, and she got grabbed. I heard that part.
1: Grabbed and stabbed. Grabbed and stabbed was not as fun as it sounded. Okay. (laughs) All right, she's been left on the stoop of the side door to her house. Yikes. A few hours later, her father Rick found her so she was grabbed and stabbed at her house though at her house like right Yikes. outside i have pictures um i can show you so it was like it looked like their house had like the front of the house and then the side of the house there was a side door and then that's also where the garage was oh okay that um house. it wasn't like a like on my house where like the side door was like you know j- like nobody walked over there this was like a popular you know like this okay. is the area where probably use this door a lot. This yes. is very weird. You know, it was right next to the garage where people would be pulling in from the street. Yeah. I don't So that was sometime around 1 a.m. So a few hours later, her father, Rick, found her. He was going out to his van, and he had just walked out of the garage, when, out of the corner of his eye. He saw Trisha on the ground. Oh, my it was God. The garage and then like a walkway and then the side door. Oh, can you imagine being a parent? Ugh, no. No i i i cannot <laughs> i cannot imagine at all oh. tried to revive her and then her 17 year old brother woke to the sounds of his father screaming doug oh, my, oh my god and <clears throat> can you imagine like also having
0: a child named doug
1: like this
0: is- <laughs> <laughs> you're introducing your baby this is my baby doug like <laughs>
1: just like i'm like where are you going with this? <laughs> like, like little babies that have very grown names. Yeah,
0: or Greg. Like, this is my baby, Greg. <laughs> but, sorry, this is a conversation that I have a lot with my brother and my cousin.
1: <laughs> this is my baby, Doris. <laughs> it is an odd name for a baby, Doris. <laughs> like, Ethel. Like, I can't, that's... Okay, sorry, sorry. I just couldn't imagine a baby named Doug. But yeah, I mean. (laughs) All right, Doug. Doug. This Doug was 17. Okay. At this point. Yeah. Uh, So the Picaccio family had three children. They had Trisha, 18, Doug, 17, and Tommy, 13. Don't laugh at the names. (laughs) No, Tommy. I could see a baby Tommy. I could see a baby Tommy. Although his Mm -hmm. name's probably Thomas. Yeah, probably. You know, so... Her mother Diane was already at work when this happened, so they had to call her to say, "Come home, Trisha's hurt." Oh yes. Oh God, this is my yeah. baby Diane. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you're <telling> me today. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. And what in your cup? <laughs> um, lemonade. So maybe <laughs> I should put something in it, and I'd be less weird it's not fermented in any way (laughs) (sighs) okay stop
1: okay poor diane that would suck okay trisha's hurt okay found out her daughter was hurt police collected physical evidence including uh they found uh, trisha's keychain was next to her and there was a man's shoe print but unfortunately that turned out to be her father's from when he walked over to her and was trying to revive her right um and police collected fingernail clippings But in 1993, the forensic testing wasn't what it is today. And so they really didn't have any leads. Like nobody saw anything. could be someone she knows though, right? I mean. Okay, so here's where it starts getting interesting. So the family, they couldn't stand to stay in the house and they moved out for a while. And after four years, they're like, okay, it's time for us to go back to our home. This is our home. Wow, Um, how do you afford to stay in two different places? I don't know. I don't know where they stayed. Uh Like, I don't know would go or stay where you, I don't know. Yeah, maybe with family or something. Not have anyone know what had happened, but I I get it, I mean, I get like. Oh yeah, oh my God,
0: no. I could not be in the same house, no.
1: So they moved out and after four years, they decided, okay, this is our home. We wanna be in our home, we're gonna go back to our home. So they did. But shortly after they came back, they had an unexpected visitor. Oh my God. And this was Uh, four years later. This is four years after the murder. Oh shit, okay. And they have still no leads or anything. Michael Gargiulo, who is one of Doug's closest friends from school, stops by. He had lived around the corner from them, and they'd known him since he was, like, in second grade. Like, oh, he yeah, was the same age. As them. So they grew up with him. Um, from what I read about this family, they were the family where, like, probably also because they had three kids. Like, all the neighborhood kids went to their house. Mm-hmm. They fed them all, you know, they knew all the kids, the kids knew all the parents, you know. Yeah, that happens at our house all the time. I came
0: came home and it was like loud as could be. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And there was a basement full of children. My husband's upstairs like, (laughs) and then my, uh, my other son uh, helped me. Yeah, and then my other son had come into the shop with like four of his friends. So it was like, go visit the parents day. So I got to hang out with teens at work and then little, little's later yeah anyway go ahead so i
1: understand what oh it's okay yeah what that
0: dynamic
1: is this kid came over all the time and hung out with their you know kids friends um he played football at glenbrook south high school where trisha and doug went like he Mm was one of the neighborhood kids he shows up and uh this conversation happened on um in an interview that was on the show 48 hours and i'll paraphrase a little bit but i it the way the conversation went was very significant. So Diane, the mom, <clears throat> says that Michael shows up at the door and says, "I need to talk to Rick, Ooh. the dad." Okay. Um, and she says, "Well, he's at work," and he's like, "Well, can I wait?" So he sat at their kitchen table and waited for over an hour. Wow. He didn't okay. About whatever it was, he needed to talk to the dad. Rick says he remembers walking in the garage from work and looking at Michael sitting there and he had this look on his face like he was going to say something to me but right then the door to the garage opens Michael's father and sister come in and say we have to leave Michael and they grab him and they whisk him out the door before Whoa. he can say oh mm-hmm. okay so Rick tells his wife well that was kind of odd and they yeah. kinda, they discuss like that it was very odd and that Michael had a really weird look on his face hmm. okay and that was the moment that they decided that he probably had something to do with Trisha's murder. So they called authorities and let them know what happened, but Michael Gargiulo had disappeared. Ah. Gone to Illinois. Family just, they know something. So that was 1993, and then four years later, It's about 97-ish. Wow. Right? Okay. All right. Hollywood, California, February 21st, 2001. 22-year-old Ashley Ellerin is getting ready for a date with Ashton Kutcher. Oh. Mm -hmm. Who at the time was still up and coming. He was just on that 70s show. He hadn't done movies and stuff like that yet. He was just the hot, stupid guy from (sighs) from that 70s show. Can you you imagine getting married? (sighs) Can you imagine them getting married, Ashley and Ashton? Ashley and Ashton. Ashton. Yeah, that's. You're such an ash. (laughs) 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 All right. Okay. She's supposed to be going out with Ashton Kutcher, who apparently was just a friend in her circle of friends. I apparently need. I need to widen my circle. circle. Yeah. I need. (laughs) So around eight thirty, they talked on the phone and confirmed their plans for the night. Ashton was running late, so he called Ashley again around 10.15, which I was like, how late is this date, man? Yeah, no and doubt. I, when do they start? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to bed soon. Are you coming? or?" Yeah, I needed to eat. I'm hangry now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just a bitch, so.
1: Right. You late. don't want to go out. So, okay, so he called at 10.15 to let her know he was on the way, but she didn't pick up. He arrived at her house at 10.45. He knocked on the door, but got no answer. And he looked through the window in the door and saw um what looked like wine spilled on the floor and so after a few minutes he left yikes
0: maybe you know that'd be me
1: i'd be like well i was drinking my wine i tripped like i sat for you and i drank and i drank and i went to bed because your ass wasn't there and now i'm not answering the phone because i'm drunk and passed out yeah that's not exactly what happened so early next morning jennifer de came home to find her roommate ashley in their home laying across the stairs mm-hmm. covered in blood oh no she had been attacked from behind just after taking a shower and her nice. body was laying just outside the bathroom ah okay there was blood all over the place including the doors the walls the floors and it had saturated the carpet <sighs> she was stabbed in her torso front and back her neck and the back of her head, she had defensive wounds on her hands and arms. She was stabbed over forty seven times. Whoa, someone's pissed. Right? Holy cow. And her throat was cut. She was practically decapitated. And then her body appeared to have been posed by the killer afterwards. Ah, uh, in what way? You yeah, didn't say. <sighs> but I guess whatever whatever position she was in did not look like I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Right? Huh. That was okay. kind of, strange ashton kutcher and another man that she had been dating because when you're that pretty and popular in 22 you can date a, yeah. a tv and another guy at the yeah. same time why not can't relate to that so <laughs> yeah. uh but both of them were were fully cooperated with the investigators and they were both ruled out as suspects she had a large social circle and it took them a while to interview everybody but there was a quote creepy ac repair guy it seemed to have a crush on, on Ashley named Mike okay. that was added to the list of we should look into this guy. Interesting. Mm, Mike mm. the creepy sea guy. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of 2001. By 2002 new DNA technology allowed investigators to take a look uh, a new fresh look at the evidence collected from Trisha's crime scene in Illinois. Hey, okay, I was hoping they would do this. They were able to get a DNA profile of an unknown male from under Trisha's fingernails. Hmm. Okay, so he hasn't been incarcerated before. Mm-hmm. Police begin testing everyone in the Picaccio family, even the dog. Oh. oh. Specifically stated. And I was like, the DNA, like, DNA science has come far enough that you guys can test for a person and know that it's a male. You don't know if it's canine or not like it's like, well, that's really uh, the dog I just now I see a murdering dog Damn right it. it's like so now apparently, now I can't trust dogs affects, right yeah <laughs> I thought that was really odd <laughs> that they said <laughs> I've never heard that hmm. I think they were trying to show that they were really thorough but it just yeah. got, that just yeah. got weird you got too
0: thorough at that point right. I think you just rule that one out
1: I <laughs> hope the dog was at least male <laughs> yeah detectives wanted to get samples from anyone they had talked to during the initial investigation including classmates michael gargiulo and scott olson who had given trisha a ride the day before her murder okay that
0: makes sense
1: detectives at this point had found out that gargiulo was now living in los angeles so they called the lapd detective tom small was the investigator on ashley ellerin's case and uh-huh. he had recently found out that creepy AC guy, his full I name was Markle Gar- Gargiulo. Markle Gargoolo? <laughs> Shit. <What? laughs> Gargiulo. And so anyways, they, he had finally put a name to creepy AC guy and he was looking to hit into him as a possible suspect when he gets a call from Detective Lou Sala from Cook County, Illinois, which Detective Lou could only have come from Illinois. I mean, I don't know where else you'd get I'll a be. detective. Yeah, no. <laughs> detectives from cook county illinois were in town and they wanted help locating someone so they come in and detective tom small says he holds up a a photo and goes is this who you're looking for and they were like yeah how did you know like how did you know him and find him so quick and they're like well right now he's a potential suspect in a murder investigation we have so they start chatting right so together they're able to track down Gargiulo to an apartment building that is listed under his girlfriend's name with a search warrant they found three knives binoculars and a backpack containing a Halloween mask and a handgun in his van uh, authorities apprehend him when he arrives home and they collect his DNA he was allowed to remain free pending the outcome of the tests yikes we've known this guy has leave before with his family. Yeah, so he has a tendency to, you know, pick up and move. The DNA sample is sent to the Illinois State Police Crime Lab, and it was a positive match to the DNA under Trisha's fingernails. Okay, that sucks, a childhood friend. It also sucks that if they had been able to get him earlier, that maybe Ashley Mm -hmm. would still be alive. (laughs) So now they have this match. However, Jack... Blakey, I think is how you say his name, from the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, didn't think it was enough to charge Gargiulo because the DNA could have come from casual contact. From a dog? <laughs> <laughs> like, I pet that dog and then he pet that dog, so. <laughs> no, I think they meant, okay, so the, I know, I know. Oh my God, you should not be doing this podcast. We, we need a little, that's <laughs> not how it works. I know I'm teasing there was an interview with Scott Olson who was one of the two guys that they wanted to talk to about and he said we drove past the Picaccio's house this was the day before she was murdered we drove past the Picaccio house and who do we see rounding the corner walking away from us there's Trisha Mike's driving and he kind of swerves over slows down swerves over gets right behind her and we saw she was crying so she's like hey give me a ride and we're like, whoa, okay, sure, get in. Because, you know, that's how they talk. We're um, <laughs> so, like, whoa, okay. Okay, sure, like I'm picturing like Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally get in, know. So she gets in the car and she says, take me to so-and-so's house. So we just drove her there. We dropped her off and that was it. So apparently without anything besides the DNA under her fingernails, state's attorney decided not to move forward because it could have been casual contact That she would have still had stuff under her nails. You know, like she... Yeah, I went and scratched his back for a while. Sitting in his car. And he said, she sat in his car? No. I mean, I don't know, that just... That's a stretch. It also makes me want to go wash my hands, because it makes me feel like (laughs) DNA from all kinds of things. like, just... I don't
0: know. Especially, can you imagine being a masseuse and all the the dudes with hairy backs you're having to... Casual contact. Wow! All right. On that note, (laughs) if you haven't checked out Thistle lately and you love Halloween as much as we do, you are missing out. I love the vintage style
1: devil mug, especially when paired with the exclusive Thistle blend coffee. I'm partial to the decor. They can go inside or out like the witch in the cauldron sign that says, come in my pretties. (laughs) Yes. So
0: cute. And the pastel handcrafted skulls that I would and totally do display at my house all year around. Oh, yes,
1: for sure. And I feel like I need that zombie horse mask to make sure that people are following social distancing rules. I would definitely stay away from anyone wearing that.
0: Absolutely. Well, you can get all the things for 10% off on ThistleWellington.com by using code ODFM at checkout. I'll be
1: shopping right after we're done with this story. So, oh, so Illinois decided they can't do anything. Um, Detective Small in L.A. had no DNA evidence from Ashley's murder, so he couldn't move forward either. Oh, no. Very strong suspect in two murders and nothing. So frustrating. Uh, right. So two years later. And two Pierce. Great. So he's still out there. Just there. two years later December of 2005 another attractive young woman is murdered shocker yeah i wonder who it is right this time it's in el monte california which is a suburb about 20 miles east of hollywood now this time it is 32 year old maria bruno she was stabbed while she was asleep in her bed yikes right which is like a horrible fear of my oh my god yeah right okay so she had just moved into an apartment in a gated community Mm. purposely because she was Mm -hmm. looking for security with her two-year-old twins (gasps) and a four-year-old and a five-year-old somehow the suspect got past security in this gated community pried a screen loose from her ground floor kitchen window and with a knife that appeared to be taken from the kitchen, stabbed Maria 17 times and slit her throat. Jesus. He then posed her body. Didn't say how, but apparently it was similar to however Mm. Ashley was posed. She was an aspiring model. And friends told police that she had been kind of creeped out lately because she said she kept running into this strange guy across the way.
0: Ah, so he lived in the gated community. Makes it yeah. so you can get into places.
1: Makes it really easy to get. It. I also feel like if you're, I, I feel like if you're concerned with safety, that maybe you don't want a first floor apartment. Yeah, that's true. But it's, it's just safe. probably like,
0: well, it's a gated community, so it's going to be pretty safe, I, right? Uh-huh. They don't let murderers
1: move in, right? No, right? They probably did background checks, right? You know, hmm. background checks. Oh, good lord! Once again, there was very little evidence at the scene. All they found was a blue cotton booty. In the courtyard outside of the apartment, the kind like, I think they use them also for like surgeons and stuff like that. Okay, like, yeah, like like when you go to like a, a house showing, yes, and they make you they you make you wear the booties. Yes, okay, like, they're like we don't want people trampling through, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they find eight, or this blue patent booty just kind of laying in the middle of the courtyard, totally out of place. There was a single drop of blood on it, <gasps> on the sole of it. DNA testing proved that it was Maria's blood. Oh, so gosh. they had nothing to go on. So they oh, knew God. it came from there, and they knew it was part of the crime scene, but it didn't give them anything for the killer. Oh. <clears throat> so that case runs cold. Fast forward another three years. Jesus, this guy's getting better and better now. Mm-hmm. Santa Monica, California. April twenty eighth, two 2008. Michelle Murphy, a petite 26-year-old, awoke sometime after midnight to a man wearing a hoodie and a baseball cap Uh. straddling her body and stabbing her in the chest. Oh my god. She's, right, she was asleep. That's how she... Oh my god, that's how she woke up. According to Sergeant Richard Lewis, he was quoted saying, the suspect gained entrance to her second-floor apartment. So there blew my whole theory about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...apartment through a window which was only open a few inches. Once he got inside, he then opens the front door and kind of stages it as an escape route then he proceeds into the bedroom where she is sleeping she was stabbed multiple times in her chest and shoulder and right arm she suffered wounds to both of her hands as she's grabbing his knife and it's being plunged down upon her <clears throat> so the different I, I, I don't know i mean I, I guess i could say the difference is she did not go quietly she right fought. she fought so, at some point while she's struggling with him, he cuts himself. Yeah. Michelle is only five foot one. Oh my God. She is, yeah, she manages to get her feet up underneath his chest and kick him in the chest and kick him off of her. Yes, which, girl. Right? Yes, that's awesome. She kicks him off. He falls against the wall, says, I'm sorry, and <laughs> then staggers out <up> of the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong place. My bad. Wait, <laughs> I'm. Wow, she calls the police. Actually, I believe she called her boyfriend, and then he called the police. Which, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) So, police are able to take samples of the blood that trailed out of her apartment, and they went out of her apartment, like down a walkway, and out into the alley. Like there was all kinds of he. Twenty-five days after submitting the samples to the crime lab, Sergeant Lewis is informed of a DNA hit. Finally, Um, a positive match for Michael Gargiulo. Finally across the alley from Michelle, Shocker. his then wife and mother-in-law. <laughs> so this guy is married and right and living with his mother-in-law. And they said, in fact, if Michelle's blinds were open, he could see right into his bedroom mm-hmm. from his apartment. Yuck. Ugh. And Michelle didn't get a good look at him when he was attacking her, but when she found out that's who the, the DNA match was she was um she said that months prior to the attack he would greet her outside her apartment oh creepy oh well, finally michael Gargiulo was arrested on june 6th 2008 a really long time to it's get a there a really long time he was charged with attempted murder and a bag with some tools and blue medical booties were found in his car oh my god cuz you know i believe those ac repairmen when they go in those fancy houses they put <sighs> those booties on that's true. Good mm-hmm. point. Oh, this was good. This kind of blew me away. So Sergeant Richard Lewis stated that when he was being arrested, Garjulo asked, "Which agency is this that was doing the arrest?" Which Sergeant said, uh, "That tells me a lot. It tells me he wasn't sure which crime he was getting charged for." Yeah. Yeah. Wait, do I do I admit to just the break-ins or do I admit to homicide? Right, exactly. You're under arrest. And um, which agency would this be? (laughs) Would this be the FBI or... Remember that whole right to remain silent? That would have been a good silent time. (laughs) Now that they have him in custody, they find out that Gargiulo once lived near Maria Bruno's apartment. Mm -hmm. Close enough that he had a clear view from his apartment into hers. Oh. So they do a search and sure enough, in the attic of the apartment that he once lived in, they find a matching blue cotton booty just like the Ah. one found her crime scene. Same manufacturer, same model, everything. Wow, Mm mm-hmm. And it's still in the attic. Ooh. So he he was smart enough to hide it, then he moved out and left it there. And forgot it. (laughs) Oh, I forgot my booty. (laughs) Forgot my booty. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So then, as they dig, they find out that back in 2001, Gargiulo had lived only a couple of blocks away from Ashley Ellerton, too. Mm-hmm. He was frequently seen hanging out with his dog at a park that was a directly across the street from her house. Ugh. And friends had noted that when they called him creepy AC guy, like he, they would see him sitting outside the house in his car. Watching. Yeah, I guess he yeah. tried to, like, befriend her. I think she was just polite and nice to him, which I'm bad too about that. Yeah. I know. So within a month, uh, Michael Gargiulo was charged with the murders of Ashley and Maria as well. So now he's charged with two first-degree murders and one attempted murder. Okay, good. Back in Glenview, Illinois, uh, Trisha Picaccio's family heard that he'd been arrested in LA and they were certain he was going to be charged with Trisha's murder soon, but nothing happened. Hi. just forget about us over here? Yeah. Right. So they're they're super frustrated, right? Because they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we've known now for years that this guy probably had something to do with it. Now we know that he's killed two other people at least and tried another one. And, and when are you going to do something about our daughter? We're very frustrated. In 2011, the show 48 Hours ran an episode called The Boy Next Door about this Hollywood Ripper, as they were calling him, and the unsolved murder of Trisha Picaccio. And almost immediately after it aired, someone called the show. And, okay, so I meant to look up how to say this guy's name. Temer Leary, it's T-E-M-E-R, Temer. It's a guy, too. Okay. Temer Leary was watching the episode and recognizes Mike from The Mug Shop, his friend Mike. Interesting. recognizes the mugshot, he texts his friend Anthony DiLorenzo with, and he texts him this, did you know Mike's a serial killer? (laughs) Because that's some friends all the time. I I think he killed a bunch of people. Do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. The three of them, Temer, Anthony, and Mike, as they knew him, um, had been friends back in 2000 when they all worked together as bouncers at a Hollywood nightclub called the Rainbow Bar and Grill yikes uh-huh and once when they had been hanging out gargiulo told them that he murdered a girl back in chicago like he also was one of those guys who was always telling stories and you were yeah. like they, yeah they, they, you're full shit. according to anthony de lorenzo he's like we were cruising down sunset and he asked us you guys ever kill anybody i have you know if someone like presents it like that you're kind of like This guy's full of shit. Okay, whatever, dude. Oh, and he said, we're like, "Mm, you know, shut the fuck up. Oh, well, they bleached it out, but I- I, You added added your own in? I did, I improvised. Good job. Then he says, yeah, I buried a bitch. I left that bitch on the steps for dead. What an ass. (laughs) That's really
0: shitty, dude. At least respect the ones you kill. I think the whole point
1: is that he had zero respect. Yeah, you're you're right.
0: He has um, girl, lady issues.
1: I want to know about his growing up, background. his late. Mm-hmm. So they called 48 hours, 48 hours puts them in touch with the police. So on July 7th, 2011, this is a long time. Uh, then cook County state's attorney, Anita Alvarez tells reporters at a press conference that, um, this new evidence has, that has just come forward after the 48 hour episode really coupled with the DNA. We feel at this point we have sufficient evidence and he was indicted for the murder of Trisha 18 years after. Ah. It took 18 years. He got all that time
0: to perfect his craft. Eight, 18
1: years. Oh. And that was just for him to get charged with it. Like it yeah. wasn't- Let it, alone you know, the trial. Yeah. I just feel like it took way too long. Oh, <laughs> keeps going though. It took Gargiulo longer to go to trial than any other inmate in the history of the LA County Jail. Nearly 11 years. What? 11 years. 11 years? 11 years. 11 years after he was charged. There have been nearly 100 hearings. He's fired attorneys. And then in 2019, that's why I just heard about this story last year. 2019? Trisha happened in 93. This is how long it's taken to get this guy into a trial. Oh. Uh, so okay. 19. he finally goes to trial with a high-powered court-appointed legal team. Court-appointed and high-powered don't seem... I, th- I found that odd, too. <laughs> like, yeah, hmm. usually don't... Work. Yeah, Okay, that was that was <laughs> weird. I and he was like, we're taking this to trial. Just somebody yeah, represents somebody him. Yeah, somebody represent him. Right. So the reason this got a lot of attention was because prosecutor Dan Aikman called Ashton Kutcher as a witness. So, you know, that... I remember when that was going mm-hmm. on so in court the prosecutor was quoted saying mr kutcher is part of the chronology of this case that is offered to show you that there was a very narrow window of opportunity for someone to get in the house and murder ashley at 8 24 p.m ashley talked to mr kutcher on the phone and they confirmed a plan to go out that night he was running late so he called ashley again at 8 15 to let her know he was on his way but ashley didn't pick up then he drove to her home, knocked on the door, but still got no answer. He will testify that at 10.45 p.m., he arrived at the re- residence and saw what he thought was spilled wine on the floor. We believe now the evidence will show that it was actually blood and that Ashley had already been murdered. So it would have had to happen sometime between 8.30 and 10.45 that night. And she had just been stepping out of the shower at like 8.30ish. Ugh she looked like she had just come out of the bathroom. So they were like pinpoint when they thought it took place. And Ashton Kutcher testified that after hearing about Ashley's murder, he went straight to the police because quote, I went to the police. I was like, my fingerprints are all, my fingerprints are on this door. Like I was freaking out. Oh, <laughs> So that, right? Like, oh my gosh, this girl out, and, you know. Okay. So here's the part where I have to like, just one little side note, um, and why I thought this should be named, the episode should be named One Date for Murder. How bad does he have to feel about running late? Oh shit.
0: (laughs) Right. That's (laughs) true. Like, man, had I gotten there like an hour
1: earlier? Right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, also like maybe if I actually planned dates before 10 PM. Yeah. She wouldn't have been
0: home. She it sounds was. like he watched people long enough, though, he would have found an opportunity.
1: Man, I would feel really, really, really yeah. guilty Ooh, when I was late. And I, I mean, this is coming from somebody. I'm, I come from a long line of late people. Um, <laughs> I consider it kind of a... <laughs> it's, it's genetic. Like, I'm late all the time. <laughs> Oh, but like I said, like it's all it it runs on my mom's side of the family, the the lateness gene. It's yeah, except for one of my aunts. And so we suspect Mm. she might have um, adopted. Adopted sounds Um, like probably that sounds legit. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Science people. (laughs) Okay. Prosecution painted a portrait of Michael Gargiulo throughout his life. He was violent towards women interested in the serial killer Ted Bundy, although, who isn't? I don't know, I was
0: like, ooh, guilty.
1: And studied forensic science as a hobby, not like as a, you did not go to school or anything. So, Mirko Hoffman, Mirko, M-I-R-K-O. This is my baby Mirko. (laughs) This is a baby thing. (laughs) Baby Mirko. Anyway, he now describes himself as Michael Gargiulo's former best friend, which I can understand. He's like, yeah. Yeah, We're breaking Um, up he testified for the prosecution and he said Mike was a strange guy he could get away with committing crimes because he would go online to read whatever he could about forensics he would learn from people's mistakes other criminals mistakes you know how to get away with a crime he told me if he ever got caught committing a crime he would just lie until he dies lie 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 until you die okay um that's a quote for his tombstone (laughs) until you die make a rap out of that make mm-hmm. <laughs> sure lie 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 until you die but keep track of all your lies because they just keep getting bigger so prosecutors said gargiulo also studied a book that taught you how to kill with a knife prosecutor garrett Demarin in court said the anarchist cookbook which i've heard of <laughs> but i've never actually read looks <laughs> looked at, talks about knives the perfect guide to committing some of these crimes it even details how you go for the throat. Oh,
0: like yeah, on an animal that. though, not a person, right?
1: know
0: I'm not gonna go check it out, so I don't know. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want your name on that library stamp. If you're gonna get it. I'm gonna buy know. it,
1: I don't wanna. Yeah. Um, I already have my name on lists for other reasons. I don't need to <laughs> myself any further. <laughs> you're not alone. <laughs>
0: I'm there.
1: All right. So even though Gargiulo was not being tried for Trisha's case in L.A., prosecutors thought it was important that the jury knew his pattern of stalking and killing women and that it had started 26 years earlier in Chicago when he was just 17. He was only 17 at the time. Your um, oh. <sighs> friends were star witnesses against him. But Michael Gargiulo maintained his innocence. You know, lie, 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 lie. 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 Yeah, I lied till you died, died. die, anyway. (laughs) So he, um, there was a recorded jail conversation with him and he said, quote, it's a matter of waiting and knowing that there will be victory because I know I'm innocent. And it's just now putting it down, putting it down in the courtroom and just being patient. I I lie. Here's, here's a, here's where it gets uh, interesting again. So the defense goes through all the victims and tries to create doubt, right? For Ashley Ellerin and Maria Bruno, you know, there were no witnesses. There was no, there wasn't a lot of stuff found at the crime scene. There were no witnesses that saw him either enter or leave their homes. Hmm. Um, For Trisha Picaccio, they play up the idea that the DNA under her fingernails could only have been secondary transfer or casual contact because they knew each other. Because, you know, the day before she rode in his car. Yeah. Makes so no they're sense. trying to like, you know, they're trying to bring up doubt, right? Kind of the problem with Michelle Murphy, who fought him off, right? So for her, the defense does not deny that he attacked her. They insist he wasn't right in his mind when he did it. Yeah, because he apologized. He's like, oh, sorry. Right that's... in his mind? Of course he's not. Oh my god. I'm telling you, that's what they use. So oh. the defense only called two witnesses, and they were both mental health experts. uh Both of them have diagnosed him with dissociative identity disorder, which used to be called multiple personality disorder. Mm -hmm. And they said because of this, he can't premeditate or have malice of forethought. So the defense says when Gargiulo attacked Michelle Murphy, it was as if another personality had taken over as if he was possessed. I want to know if anyone in the courtroom actually just burst out into laughter have then been escorted out. Right. Oh, here's the the defense attorney in court says, quote, she says she's fighting off Mr. Gargiulo when all of a sudden he cuts himself. He stands up, he like comes out of a fog and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he runs, he didn't know where he was. He didn't know what he was doing. I kind of missed the part where like she like kicked him off and like did whatever she, oh my God. Yeah, Yeah. and he was
0: like, oh shit, she's gonna fight back, I should go. Exactly oh my god i'm sorry that didn't go as easily as i thought it was going. <laughs> well, shit <laughs> can we start this over I'm
1: again sure. jeez the good news is is it only took three and a half days for the jury to deliberate okay oh, they found him guilty of uh, ashley's murder maria's murder and guilty of the attempted murder of michelle Bam! Wow, all three mm-hmm. first unanimously unanimously recommended gargiulo be put to death however wow. California Governor Gavin Newsom has suspended the death penalty indefinitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he'll So
1: that's kind of a problem. Yeah. So this is like pretty recent, right? So a Superior Court judge had set a formal sentencing date of February twenty eighth, twenty twenty. But it's been delayed after a defense motion was filed seeking a new trial. I'm assuming the whole yeah. pandemic probably isn't helping yeah. either. I'm sure. things kind of been put on. Yeah, everything's been brushed on. on. So, yeah, he hasn't, as far as I could tell, I mean, I looked, I don't think he's been sentenced yet. I know they, they recommended the death penalty, and they don't have it there wow. anymore. His extradition to Illinois to go on trial for Trisha's murder has yet to be scheduled. I mean, I, God, I she's I, getting the boot on all of this. I mean, I get that, like, the whole pandemic thing and... hmm but yeah, I mean, like, this guy just keeps getting breaks where he just keeps to, like, ride it out longer and longer. Girls. There was one other thing I wanted to mention, because it was at the very end of the 48-hour episode, and I was like, oh, they're talking about Trisha, and guess who signed the re- the Remembrance book at her funeral?
0: Oh, Ashton Kutcher. Oh, no. Michael. No. That was that was actually <laughs> Ellery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, hey, maybe he goes to all these. He's like, hey...
1: No, no. Michael Gargiulo. Shit. Shit. Oh, and Simon. Signed- oh, No, that's disgusting. That yeah, is. Ugh, he was all proud of himself. You're right. Ashton Kutcher would have been a much better <laughs> <laughs> I was all like, yeah. Oh. <clears> happy <throat> ending. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no happy ending here. That sucks. I know, right? Gross. So it makes you wonder about his, like, I don't know, growing up life. I know. So no. I I went back and read again through like the, the thread of comments that my cousins, my cousins, one of her Facebook friends who I looked like she went to school with him, had posted this article. And I guess he had been friends with him. And a bunch of people were just like commenting. And I don't know, someone said something about like, you know, did you see what they said about his home life and stuff? And that how he was kind of like mentally abused and, and, mm-hmm. and something about like he used to get I thought I read something about, uh, they said like his family used to tie him to a tree and then hurt animals in front of him because he was an animal lover, which I'm like, okay, that's all weird, twisted, and sick. But the brilliant comeback was, I'm sorry, I don't care how twisted and sick your uh, upbringing is. We have all had demons in our past, but it doesn't make us go off and kill a bunch of people. That's true, that's true. It's not enough to say, Mm -hmm. oh, well, well, you know. Um, someone else was like, you know, I heard he was like abused at home. (laughs) And the comment that came back was, it was the 80s and 90s. We were all abused by today's stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> it's it's kind of true. The 80s were disgusting. So
1: obviously there was something... But I, I don't know. Like, they say that, but at the same time, it sounds like everybody in the neighborhood knew each other. Yeah. It doesn't sound like he was really concerned with what was going on at his house. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I still find it hard to picture anything that would be like... Yeah, that justifies it like I just right there would not I'm gonna hear anything it's gonna make me be like oh at least it makes sense yeah so, no, especially to do that for the very first time when you're 17 years old yeah right yeah, yeah. well and obviously the parents knew about it because <laughs>
0: right they swept him away mm-hmm. they knew something
1: I don't know that was that mm. was weird so mm. anyways that story and that's why I I wanted to call it one date for murder because again yeah Ash if you could have gotten your ass there on time a little disappointed in you ash right
0: mm. no i think he would have gotten her anyway sounds like he's stalked his yeah. victims good at uh thinking of you know stalking it and stop stalking, stalking them and Ooh. now i'm gonna close on my blinds all the time not that i'm a young cute thing to have to worry about it. <laughs> what am I? I? don't need to worry about it. Never mind.
1: in your house and stuff. I no, mean. yeah, creepy stuff, man. So he's sitting out there, still in California. Don't know yeah. when he's ever going to come here and have to pay for what he did here. But... Yeah, that'd be
0: interesting. Illinois probably still has the death penalty.
1: No, I think we got rid of that too. Um, yes. Remember um, that episode? The Chicago Rippers. Remember the guy is out now, and he's. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's close to you. He's your neighbor. Hey. No nice good story thank you thank you yeah. for listening yes thank you everybody for listening um we should mention that we have a patreon site now right? mm-hmm. it's <laughs> patreon.com slash odfm podcast oh that's that's smart i like that that's good yes <laughs> that's really good <great. laughs> makes sense if you like our podcast please like us and follow us and subscribe leave us a, a review on apple podcasts if you found this inappropriate and offensive sorry please don't leave us a review just, <laughs> <laughs> just scroll- keep scrolling keep scrolling right, just-, just scroll sources for this episode include CBS News Chicago and 48 Hours People.com Oxygen.com and Reader's Digest Online side note didn't know Reader's Digest was still around <laughs> that was new information right there uh, soon we'll be on AARP's mailing
0: list and, and they'll be like, oh
1: yeah, here's Reader's Digest. No. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM. Hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful. If you have a story you'd like to submit for a future episode, please email it to odfmpodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook and Instagram at odfmpodcast. And check out our website, odfmpodcast.com, for more information on our episodes, your hosts, or general shenanigans.